for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We hate to say it, but the Elk Bros 2019 Elk Camp's a wrap, y'all. Tonight, the last bugle faded into the last sunset of our hunt. And what an incredible hunt it's been. So tonight, we tie up all the loose ends with all the stories from the last day's hunt, Lessons learned and tips and tricks for you to take with us from our elk camp. That as well as a couple questions from our Elk Bros mailbox. So guys, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? And they live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Welcome back, everybody. If you're new to the show, glad to have you. And for our, all our elk hunting grinders out there that have been following us week to week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm the host of the show, Gilbert Ornelas. And to the right of me right here, we've got our elk hunting coaches, Joe the Elk Whisperer, Jillia, and El Leroy Chav Chavez. And to the left of me over here, as y'all can see, we have the Venezuelan Mafia in the house, Luis Gonzalez and Manuel Gretron. Uh, great great epic hunts guys uh unbelievable elk camp 2019 joe will let you kick everything off yeah please. it's been uh, you couldn't ask for anything better i mean it sure it would have been great if we went a hundred percent um it'd have been great if chav uh, wouldn't have been limited uh for all you guys that that are listening right now we already had the first podcast that we did about um midway through our hunt and uh, this is the continuation of that. We're going to kind of wrap things up. We're going to talk about what has happened since the last podcast that you heard from us. And uh, 
And we're going to talk about a few lessons learned because, man, it definitely was. It was one of those types of things that it was peaks and valleys. And, and man, we had a lot of valleys starting off like everybody that listened last time. If you haven't listened to the first one, we had a lot of incredible, great, bad luck. Um, this guy over here. Uh, it, it's nice to see his color back in his mm -hmm. face, and yep. he's looking like Chav again. And uh, But, you know, for Chav, uh, for him to have filled his tag would have been the ultimate thing to happen on this hunt, but uh, he was he was severely limited. For and, sure. You know, we talk about different kinds of successes, and you've always said, you know, what does success mean to you when it comes to these hunts? Uh -huh. Well, it's the journey you know, getting there, and uh, I thought it was a very successful hunt. You know, I really enjoyed it. Yes, sir. You know, uh, a couple of weeks prior to the hunt, there's a chance I wasn't even going to be up here. Right. And I had the opportunity to uh, spend time with these fabulous people. Yes, sir. And uh, saw some sights that people will never see. You know, uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, real amazing. And I think if you uh, stay tuned later and, and catch our video, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, it was a great hunt. It really was. I, and I, I'd be remiss to saying that Elk Camp wouldn't be the same without, you know, one of my mentors and Elk Guides, uh, Leroy Chavez. It, it would not have been the same. And I got to tell you, he didn't just show up. He showed out. I mean, guy put in the miles, even yesterday. I mean, he put in four or five miles yesterday uh, hunting uh with with all of us and on his own so i'm, I'm very proud of what he's been able to oh, do man. and and how he sucked it up and gutted it up and and uh went out and fought through some adversity i mean he had anaphylactic suffering from anaphylactic shock among amongst the other stuff that had been ailing him and yeah uh, if, if, if people listen man we actually took a trip out of elk camp and had to drive and take child to the hospital yeah. and we, we went to the emer emergency room so for me i mean this is our 38th season, you know, uh, this has been my hunting partner side by side for 38 years. Yeah. And, you know, for him to be up here, uh, I mean, it means the world to me. Yep. I know it meant the world to you guys. I know it means the world to him. So, sure. you know, that to me was a success. So when you take a look at that, really, we're looking at filling five tags out here. And we ended up filling four out of the five. That's right. And we filled the first four in three days of hunting, yep. uh, which was incredible. And then our... Yep. Uh, but had five shot opportunities. Oh, yeah. There were 100% on opportunity. Correct, yeah. yeah. And and you guys, Brandon's not here. Um, Mr. Yeah. Houlihan. <laughs> Mr. Houlihan had to get back to his real job. So uh, <laughs> we, we support him, wish him all the, the best going back. But he had an amazing hunt. So Joe's going to yeah. lead into all that. Yeah, he did. And, you know... Um, there was not a day, what was incredible, there was not a day after our last show um, that we weren't in elk yeah. and had a lot of opportunities. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Luis kind of felt like the stepchild there because <laughs> yeah, he, ended, <laughs> he ended up having to hunt on his own a bit. Uh, so A bit? Huh? Half a of bit. the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> I and, enjoyed it, by the way. I you learned know, a lot, too. Yeah. and well, He the, tagged out on the second day, so on his elk, so he went off deer hunting. So Yeah, uh, and, and it was it's one of those things that this was the first time for us. Yeah. Um, because in this hunt, there was a whole different element, and that's yeah. you guys. 
um, you guys out there, you made a big change for Elk Bros. And, and I tell you what, coming out here, I didn't know how this was going to how it was going to happen yeah we put a lot of guys in the woods you yeah. know put a lot of guys having a cameraman and having a spotter and two everything cameramen. And, yeah, and yeah. Two, two cameraman a spotter and a guide i mean a caller it's uh it was challenging but yeah. the footage you guys are gonna see <laughs> from these hunts are gonna <clears throat> be amazing i'm telling you uh, i'm very proud of what we put together and and i know joe is too so and manano here yeah um manano both Luis and Manano had deer and bear tags as well, and uh, Manano actually put his bow down and wanted to shoot the camera, wanted to follow and wanted to record, and he got really got into the system because the camera equipment that we had, he got so he really understood that, and uh, and that was critical because until then i was being the cameraman right so on on your bull yeah I, I was calling and doing the he was calling and cameraman and then i had a spotter behind me uh chav was with me um it was amazing we had two hunters uh set up in the flying v and uh, i mean it was it was epic i'm telling you I, you know i wondered i wonder a lot of times watching wadi and some of the other guys out there that yeah. put video out right how they get that many guys in the woods and and become successful well we did it well see that's what was though you know that was what's so cri critical about manano filming because it actually freed me up <laughs> to think about just being a guide being a caller yeah. moving the group because when you have somebody over the shoulder like he was with luis mm -hmm. right you know that's incredible. It I mean, is. that frees me up to go in the back and to do the things I need to do. Because had I not been able to move, you know, when Luis, because the the bull that came into Luis, um, that bull was actually getting ready to come in on the downwind side, and I just went flying yeah. down the ridge and started calling further down to turn him and bring him by. Now he turns, yeah. yeah, and he, he did turn and. If had I had to do a camera, that might have been a whole different deal. And, you know, I, I, I hear guys that do this, that have done, done this incredibly well. You know, you take a look at stuff by um, uh, Corey Jacobson. <clears throat> sure. You take a look at stuff by um, uh, Trent, Trent sure. and uh, Born and Raised and, and those guys, man. And incredible stuff, you yes, know. Sir. And when I listen to them when they talk about their first time doing this and how difficult it was to get it, you know, to do this on video. Y'all, we ain't professionals, man. We're blue-collar guys, man. We are elk hunters that... Uh, are trying to give this to you and uh so this is what you're getting from us and and so i can't thank you enough and i know Luis would no, have jumped was, in yeah, for sure it was my pleasure honestly yeah. um i mean no uh, i enjoy it i think i was you very I was, good i was hunting yeah i wasn't the cameraman i was i was hunting. he did really good he did really yeah. good my yeah. my footage is like gold it oh, is. and i love yeah. it i mean yeah. so thank you i never feel that, that i that was like the cameraman i was i felt that i was hunting well the yeah. whole time you know um uh, and as everybody knows gilbert always tells them that i, I can't hear crap sometimes uh, i can once it gets to a certain point but um manano's ears were incredible so he, he was right there on my shoulder, you know, uh, pointing out when bugles were happening mm -hmm. and telling me distances. And uh, uh, you bird dog me, get me in the right place. I can get those boogers in there. For so, sure. Yeah, you know, and that's something else for you guys out there is 
you know, you take a look at Chav. Chav not uh, feeling well. He didn't let that be a handicap. You know, he still got out and did his thing. Um, I, I I don't hear like I did years ago. Is that sometimes that's a frustration? But uh, for you guys that wear hearing aids, for you guys that have hearing issues, you know, um, there's ways around that. There's good people around you uh, that make it a team effort. And sometimes we use that to our advantage, too. <laughs> when you're a bull two, two miles away, we ain't saying nothing. Because yeah. Joe's going. He would turn around and say, you guys hear that? Nope. I haven't heard it. <laughs> no, we wore out, bro. Our feet have had enough. <laughs> so, five guys. Um, Brandon, um, prior to us, uh, when we were gone, when... We went in town, went to the hospital. You guys hunted on your own, which yeah. we talked about in the podcast. And extremely proud of you guys and, and how you did. And extremely proud yeah. of you, Luis. Thank you, brother. Luis called uh, in his first bull. Called in his first for bull. For Brandon. You know, he played the role. He he took the lead. Um, he's been practicing for a year. He's been sending me recordings and mm-hmm. stuff on how this sounds. And, That's right. You know, I was kind of secretly... Because Gilbert <laughs> has been giving Luis a hard time for a yeah, few years. He, he calls it, we call him Gato Vato because he said when he first started calling with that diaphragm oh, call, that he was calling in all the cats in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you guys have put any time in with a diaphragm call, it's it's challenging and it takes it takes an extreme amount of patience and an extreme amount of time to figure out which one works for you. I, I have a, a smaller palette, so I have to cut my call right. for me to get the right seal and make the right uh, tones and stuff like that. So uh, Luis has put the work in, man. He works extremely hard, watches lots of – you don't understand what kind of perfectionist this guy is, from down to packing his camp up to you name everything, right? I mean, he's a perfectionist. So the guy is an amazingly talented young man who can really call now. So, you know, when you set him out there by himself, he's going to be successful with whomever he's Thank with, you, right? Appreciate yeah. It. No, and and one of the biggest disappointments for me was because this guy wasn't healthy. Yeah. Because Chav's been working with that diaphragm call, sure. getting ready, man. And I was kind of excited to have that happen mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. But for him, the, the challenge was just keeping himself in the hunt, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, and so the only guy right now out of – the group here that that's not using a diaphragm call and i don't know who is that we're gonna work on it with i you, promise man. we're I gonna promise work on next it with season you. i'll be calling yeah. some I'll, I'll be shooting some call calls yeah. at least you know <laughs> i'll say this though real quick and it was you know years past he had no interest in right. learning it right right and and it wasn't until this year halfway yeah. through the hunt that i think something clicked and he realized the importance of it and and so first time that I actually see true interest in Monano really wanting to to work on. And why uh, is that, dude? Why? Because you weren't there. <laughs> you, <laughs> I was scared. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is our turn. He yeah. must. He yeah. stepped out and, and he, yeah. he did, did it well. He did yeah. fantastic. But uh, I mean, things can, can happen. And sure. I, yeah, somebody I turns an ankle, gets hurt, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and even if it, whatever happened that day, you know, we need to split up for any reason, you know, and it's sure. just the two of us, say, then we can help each other out, yeah. too, yeah. And, right? And it, it just it just brings, it puts more tools into the our toolbox. toolbox oh, yeah. it, Definitely, and, because the, the, the huge thing that we always talk about 
for all those guys out there is locate your failure points, mm -hmm. things that could keep you from being successful. And I mean, did we know that, you know, we were going to have to go get a UTV fixed and we know we're going to have <laughs> no, to take yeah. Chav to the emergency room. No, man, that's stuff that just happens. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now you guys are in a situation where, hey, you got to make it happen. Yeah, we all stepped up and didn't interrupt any of Brendan's hunting because he's usually been paired up with me and stuff yes, like sir. that. So it didn't. We we appreciate that. Yeah. He he didn't miss a, a minute's hunt. No, he know? didn't. In so. fact, uh, so Brendan, uh, when we talk about the fifth guy, we know that uh, uh, the four guys here all, all took an animal, and it was just uh, wouldn't happen without all of us working together for sure i mean and, total team effort right and big shout out for brendan too we were all wore out that night he got up all these guys got up and went to my kill it was late 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 and a really tough pack out in a really tough area um but at the end of the day everybody helped helped one another out you're always doing that to I us know, man, man. <laughs> you like to take me to those those obscure places and call those in i'm not gonna pass because of it especially fact, on a bull like that last year when this happened uh we forgot one of the the packs or yeah. something like that yeah. and uh and it, it wasn't Manano doing the two trips. Chav took off. It was Chav. Yeah. Chav did the two trips for yeah. sure. And to this this last pack out, oh, Luis, huge. I was wore out. And I know he was too, but he went back and got another bag. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a total team effort. And to Brendan's credit, you know, he had some he had some rough things go on in a couple of hunts. You know, I called in a couple of bulls for him, and it was bad. One of them was a bad luck scenario. And, and in one that taught me a whole lot is that if you got three guys, one needs to be looking behind you when you're calling because the bull <laughs> ran up within 45 yards of us, standing yeah. there behind us, and we didn't even know he was there. Brendan turned, yeah, Brendan, Brendan turned around and goes, "Oh my gosh, look at this bull!" And then we we got a little impatient and had a bull coming to us, and you know when they're not talking, they come in silent. We got a little impatient and moved, and that bull was standing out there probably 60, 70 yards walking towards us, and we didn't see him until he saw us. And at the end of the time, I mean, that's kind of how things went. But we called in a tremendous amount of bulls. And, and that was the same day that uh, that we were working together for the yeah. Lisa's bull, right, yeah. on that. And, and, and like I said, we, you, know, you, you called in a tremendous amount of bulls for him. And that night, I'd called in a, a – I would I would say a management bull or a raghorn bull, and he decided to pass that bull, right? And and was going to allow me to have the opportunity to shoot him, and we had a little mix up there go on, and and so he decided he was going to pass, and we'll <laughs> so, leave it at that. Yeah, right? so, yeah, and you know, so he had a shot opportunity did. prior to us actually taking him out. So and he shot when he was with Luis he ranged that bull wrong right. took the shot and missed a uh, clean miss that's right. the one i'm talking about there yeah. and then um you know we had some adventures different yeah. places Luis was actually uh being our eyes for different areas came right. across some and and i want you guys to know uh i want you to picture this because we had several areas we had plan a b c the areas that we were going to go hunt um we had one of our areas that was just blown up. I it mean, really was. there was uh, there was track, there was uh, all everything Tree was ripped up. up. There was acorns. It was water, everything that you needed. And we knew the bulls were there. We actually came across several bulls in that mm -hmm. area, 
but staying totally silent, mm-hmm. you know, just like they always have in, in sometimes in early season. But yet in another area, we had bulls screaming. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of you are going, well, what's the difference? And I'll tell you what the difference was. It was cows. Yeah. You know, uh, down in that lower country where we were, where the bulls were at that time, we saw bachelor groups still. Yeah, it's a group of five. Yeah. Um, we, at least. We did see some bachelor groups up in the upper country, but what was happening now was bulls with cows were starting to go off and other satellites are starting to have things happen. Yep. So we were getting talk in one area and not in the other. Right. And uh, so for us uh, to chase bugles, you know, that's what we did. We started going to the area where they were more vocal, waiting and hoping that the other area would start lighting up. And that usually happens, but I think, I really think we're about five days off of that Uh, area. Yeah, I agree. You know, to where the bulls start pushing the cows around. It's going to be epic down there, too, buddy. Because they got some big bulls down there, buddy. Wow. One of the evenings, we went down there. We did. And uh, we really thought we were, the first night, we thought we were going to get skunked. Mm -hmm. And we pushed it and pushed it. And we never got a response, never. not even a cow call. And then we come around the turn, and coming out of the water is a bull that stops right in front of us, right? Um, we get Brandon set up and start to work that bull, but he had seen something. We, we, so there was a little bit of alert. And like you, I think we had two bulls in 100%. there. 100%. Because the one bull that we see is about 120 yards off and goes up into the brush. And I figure he's circling us. Well, he had a buddy with him because a pair of horns <laughs> came yeah, over. Horns come antlers. over the antlers, yeah. Antlers. Come over the oak brush. Over the okay, oak I want to tell you guys something about that. Hey, Lance. <laughs> Lance going to have to get New, get after New Mexico. Huh? Oh yeah, dude. I I, I want uh, Lance. You're going to have to you're going to have to call um, New Mexico Game and Fish because I checked my uh, elk tag. I, I checked my tag, and uh, and there is a tag for a. Antler slash horn. But I explained that to you. Right. <laughs> so you have, depending on the animal, you can still write antler slash horn and then just change the name of the so animal. So you're defending, you're helping. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we end up seeing those antlers coming across Giant through bull. there yeah. and, and turn and, oh my gosh, huge, it was a huge, huge bull. bull. So we know what bulls, in fact, the group of bachelors that we saw down there yep. there was one beautiful bull with you know some nice sure. uh satellites man sure. so that didn't pan out so we end up hunting up up here uh we go one morning <laughs> and I, you know i i think a lot of gilbert but <laughs> gilbert uh he lost his soul. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Both. <laughs> Both of them. Two yeah. souls. We Two park souls. the ATVs in an area, and we start hiking out, and we hike up to a ridge, and we start calling, and immediately, Manano's like, there, 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 and, and I'm ready to go, man. And one of them was close. He was close. Yeah, really coming. Close. Coming. So, so we start going down the hill, and, and I hear Gilbert go, Joe, Joe, wait, wait, man. And, and he goes, oh, my Dude. God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, look at my boot. 
the whole sole had come off the right boot and it was flapping like a like a flapper so i mean it sounded horrible when you're trying to walk he and, couldn't walk and yeah. going through all that garbage yeah going yeah. through all that stuff man i'm like oh my gosh I can't. so manano quick thinking got paracord in his pocket in his uh backpack he gets paracord out and tries to lash that thing to my boot so we can keep rolling because that bull's coming right getting closer and closer so we take off, you know, and everything's going good. Plop, 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 plop. The left boot. The left boot. I do not understand this. The left boot sole comes off. Look, these boots are these are very well-made boots by a well-made company. And I don't know whether you got some extreme heat on them or, or whatever it may be, but I'm telling you, the soles came off. And I just I looked up told them, I said, guys, I, I I'd love to be there with you, but I'm, I'm going to slow you down. I don't have any soles on my boots, and it's wet, and, you know, we're going through some pretty rough terrain. I said, y'all roll out of here. Go kill that bull. I'm going to go back to camp, get my other pair of boots. But it taught me something. I'm, I'm probably going to put me a spare pair of sneakers or boots or yeah. something in my mule from now on, and uh, that way, in case something goes wrong, I got it with me, you know. Yeah. Another failure point, yeah. you know. So. <laughs> but, but it goes to show, too, the type of terrain we walk through. Here. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. It's rough stuff, man. It's tough. I, I got brand new well, boots. just ask Chad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got brand new boots to come here, and they worked out really good. But I'm telling they Dabita. look they look like they're three years old. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. And, and so. so I don't know about you two, but I think every one of us has fallen down on huh? this thing at least once or twice. Son yeah, of a gun, for sure. dude. I did. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did too. I did. No, sir. He don't have it on no camera. That's yes, for sure. Sir. You sure stumble he was, and, and, he, and he was sure enough trying to get me on camera to fall down. I promise. Yeah. You. <laughs> I fall over. I fell one time and I hurt myself pretty good. I banged my knee up pretty Timber. good. And uh, I'm telling you, I was so mad because we had sounds like a plane crash. We had some bulls coming in and I did not want to fall and. Uh, it's just part of it. We work so hard up here, and you get so wore out, tired, that yeah. you get a little stumbly, you know. And yeah. it's it's not the going up this hard, is it? No, it's yeah. that, that downhill. Yeah. You know, with all the deadfalls and... Uh, the little stobs And all the up. little rocks. And, yeah. And then with the grass as high as it was, it's can't see some places that. you can't see it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you step, and there's a rock there that you right. didn't know it was, and your yeah. ankle goes, and, and that's it. And the one <clears> thing that really sends you forward is when you've already stepped and you're bringing your other, your foot. other foot forward, and, and a stick catches it in the front. Yeah, yeah. that's the end. <laughs> that's the Man, you're going, return. You're going in. You're down. You're, you're going like down. a redwood tree in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> down goes crazy. Yeah. When I was worried the most was when we were packing uh, yeah. the stuff sure, out over all those at big night boulders. with wow. those big yeah. boulders yeah. and that weight that you normally don't, you know, yeah. you your know, body. And, uh, we've seen some guys that that. Yeah, he has one, you know, one of those poles, and they use those two yeah, poles. Yeah, those are really good. I thought about those. We've actually, never done there. it. I've, I've seen it, you know. Uh, I, I've seen the guys that use them, born and raised, use them. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? I tell you, Maybe uh, not about I, I could see where that would have been a definite yeah. benefit. Yeah. I agree. Especially in that area. Yeah. That yeah. Going yeah. In, man. Keep them with the, your pack-out bags, yeah. And, yeah. and then just bring just them out there. The and then I, I don't think that's a bad idea at all, Joe, because yeah. I thought about that when I was actually coming out right. of that mountain. So yeah. for you guys out there, man, um, going highly recommended that, you know, on a pack-out, that uh, having, you know, Walking four sticks. points, yeah. <laughs> yeah. having those 
four points could be can keep you from ending up on your face because I fell down one time with my yeah. pack of meat. You did, yeah. yeah. I, I ended up kind of. I knew I was going to go, so I just sat down yeah. with it. Yeah. But uh, so it didn't end up being. And I think you did that when you fell, man. You just kind of to protect your bow. You just kind of rolled to one side. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, kept the bow safe and then rolled and <laughs> hoped for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 leave us. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's me and and Brandon, Brandon and Manano Manano shooting the, the camera, and uh, we start working into the bull that we had heard, and I knew that those bulls were uh, working up out of a park, so they're coming up, and the one thing that we had to do, and we talk about this with people, is you got to be real careful of moving ahead of those animals and letting your thermals go right down to them. So we kind of laid off and let them come up the way they wanted to, and we stayed off to the side. So our thermals were actually flowing in a direction that they weren't going, right? And then once they got on the same level as us, then we went to work. And then I started to call. And uh, this bull... Yeah. comes right in first we see a bunch of cows and they start working by we get brendan in position and uh there's some some things this is basically i mean brendan has elk hunted before but not with yeah, me right uh, uh as far as you know doing sure. like that uh guiding him and um when he was getting a position and this is one thing that we want our listeners to know everything's about learning moments and i'm always coaching that's my job right uh i'm here as an elk coach and the the things that i saw him do was that when he would move up he would move up and move up to where he could see where the last sound of the animal was maybe have that shooting link which is a huge mistake guys you have to move in a position where you have multiple shooting lanes because very seldom does that bull come in from the direction you heard him. Yeah, they're either going to circle one way to your downwind side. You're going to see them all of a sudden come in from another one and then start circling around. So you got to really work on making sure that you have multiple shooting lanes. And and it's happened to me before, Joe, where – you do that and you look at the lanes but sometimes you forget to look at kind of branches and think of the trajectory you know we talked about on the previous show when you set up it's good to range a few trees to get you a a map of distances but also it's important to look at the branches above and think of the the trajectory of that bow because uh, that arrow because what happens sometimes is you don't realize those low branches you may have a clear view to the animal but when you take that shot that arrow goes up first and it hits that branch above you right so if if that's the situation and you have good lanes get on your knees right and and just just keep that in mind i think that's super important i've made that mistake several and it can work out exactly the opposite way if you have a branch a rock a bush below going through the kill you know, aim for that kill because it's going to go over, over. it's going to drop right in. That's true. So, like my bull. The, I think the other thing, too, guys, is you always hear in sports how important footwork is. Yeah. It's the same thing in bow hunting. Yep. You know, uh, I, I've seen a, a bunch of times when people will go up 
and they're waiting for an animal to come in, and their feet are not in shooting position. Right. They're opened up, basically. They're facing, and their feet are side by side. Instead of getting in a shooting position, mm-hmm. turning to the side, you know, so that... Yeah, they're more in an isosceles position where you're shooting in a triangle. An, a what? <laughs> <laughs> Which more, we talk about that when we're shooting pistols and stuff like that, where you're in an isosceles triangle position oh, okay. to shoot where we're frontal, right? Instead of in a modified weaver where you turn sideways and, and right. shoot. So and it's you know, much more... In with a, the bow, you're pulling across your body. Right. So uh, you've got to have that position ready. And also yeah. think of what's behind you when you draw. Exactly. Because, I, again, it's happened to me several times. I go to draw, boom, I hit the tree behind me or right. crack a branch, yeah. and then, right. you know, you, you right. messed up the whole thing. Yeah. And and w- not only with your foot, but your knees. Yeah. If you get on your knees, make sure you're in a position where you can you can yeah. draw. In my, in, in, in my, situ- in my situation, uh, where my bull was, he actually took a step forward, which put a tree in the kill zone. I had to actually, after I'd drawn the bow, right. move my feet. And move uh, one because Chad was right there when I was going to draw, and move my feet to position to where I could get the kill zone back. You right. actually stepped out a little bit. Exactly. Had to do the same you thing. had to do the same yeah. thing. And you know what? I can remember a time when you guys wouldn't do that. Uh, that's a fact. That's you know. A fact. Yep. And and now it, you totally understand that you have to have that opportunity. Yeah. If you don't make that, you put either put a bad shot on or you get right. no shot yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. So you've got to do that. And that's something still in Brandon's learning phase right, right now. Right. And uh, and I'm sure because uh, I, I think some of that is definitely going to be in his memory banks for next time. And, sure. and we all grow that way. Yeah. Well, you bet. You know? Scar battles, right. man. Right. Yeah. 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 It's totally like that. So that's something for you guys to to, to hold on to uh, and I'll tell you another one when when he was talking about branches in the way <laughs> hunters are always especially if they're new at this they look at me kind of funny when they're getting set up and I bring my foot up and I start cracking branches behind them they're like oh my god you're going to scare the animal away heck no in yeah, fact uh, there, I had Brandon set up yep. and there were branches behind him I reach up and start kicking branches out of the way <laughs> <laughs> immediately a bull starts thrashing a tree across the way (laughs) it's like oh man so the day manano shot his bull where i was set up i had some branches and i went ahead and broke him while you were bugling and breaking and wrecking stuff yep that way that i used that as a cover to break those branches as well and try to confuse them a little bit as far as pinpointing where the sound was coming from yeah i took the opportunity to do that to have some space Guys, if you're whitetail hunters and you move silently and you worry about, you know, the noise and stuff, elk are used to hearing noise. So that's something that uh, you, you need to remember. Well, I've so, heard them express a bugle when they hear that stuff cracking. I mean, you know, just one crack or even kicking a rock when we're making a move on a bull. You kick a rock and he hears it. He'll, I mean, he's like, oh, man, come, here's another bull coming. Let's get it on, you know. Yeah. So, so here we have Brandon with a bull now coming in mm-hmm. and the bull um we see him when he comes he can see him right in, in front of him and uh the bull he was kind to he, he going was, going this way and then you call it yeah turn so the bull was actually going to no. where he could catch the, the yeah and then he away and catch it. the yeah. scent and what i did was i took that flexible grunt tube of mine pointed it up in a different direction yeah and that bull stopped and turned and came right the way we needed to. 
So the bull is coming and he's at 30 yards. Brandon thinks he has a clear window. Um, uh, you guys can probably hear this. Uh, we, <laughs> we got a little rain shower. We got a little rain hitting just a little bit. So if you hear that tapping, we're still in camp and we're getting rained on a little bit, <laughs> which has been kind of a theme here in the last few days. Right. But, but anyway, this bull comes in and he thinks he has a clear window. He takes a 30 yard shot, hits a limb, deflects the arrow down. And when it does that, it deflects it down and he ends up hitting the animal extremely low behind and, um, and the bull takes off. When we go find the arrow, the arrow is almost exactly where the bull is standing because so it deflected it in the downward angle and passed right through it real fast. Did not pass through completely on the animal. It, it, it kind of went in and out is the only way we could figure because now we're brandon's feeling like crap right. because he sees the shot and uh he thought he had an open window he didn't see the branches and in in that light in the morning we can see that it's totally different than the sunlight so we are waiting and uh you'll you'll see this on video immediately man it, it's not i don't know 15 minutes yeah less right? than that yeah, less than that, a coyote gets on... What's immediately? Immediately. gets on the scent of either the bile or the juices that were coming out of that animal. And, man, we hear... The coyote gets on this bull. And at this point, I have to make a decision. We cannot wait for the bull to lay down, knowing that he's gut shot. Um, we got a coyote that's going to keep him moving. And that coyote was calling in reinforcements, yeah. is what he was doing. He was doing that uh, that call to collect. It's pretty people. eerie. Yeah, way it was calm. It's yeah, like scary. So Nothing I think goes to waste here, y'all. I immediately <laughs> took off, and um, I saw the coyote harassing the bull. The bull was kind of there was a good distance between him. He's just kind of staying off of him, barking. The bull is is walking, and uh, man, so I come in, and the bull sees me. The coyote, the coyote takes off. Bull takes off. And I tracked the bull in its tracks for over a hundred yards without a single drop of blood. And when I saw the hit, it was back and barely any blood coming out. I don't know if it was internal organs that, that blocked it or what. So, uh, guys, sorry that it's crackly. Sorry, I'm going to have to move my back. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're getting the real thing out here. We're going to get Yeah. So we're going to pause this for a second and we'll be back for station identification. Well, guys, we're, we're back. It was one of those deals that, uh, that you don't control. Camp. Can't control the weather. Yeah. The Lord decided to give a little bit of his perfect per precipitation. And and we're, we're packing all our gear up so everything was out there <laughs> getting rained on. So we had, to, we had to stop. So we're back now and... Um, where we were at was we were talking about Brendan and 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 the what coyote. happened and that coyote chasing it and the bull taking off. Well, I followed the tracks on that animal, and uh, for as far as I could, in a hundred yards I hadn't found blood uh, at all. And when I saw the hit, when the coyote was harassing the animal, I looked through my binos and there was just trickle of blood there. And I don't know if something had blocked it up or what, but after that point, you know, continued to search for a while. Um, once I actually lost track through this area, um, you wouldn't believe how high the grass and everything mm. is here. It's just unbelievable. And um, 
it it was not going to happen we were not going to recover that animal and and you know continue to try to find blood and there just wasn't any yep. and it got to the point where it we've had so many elk going up and down in that area you couldn't tell what track was what and it came back to to let brandon know and that day was depressing man yeah. um you know, had to really sit with him, and a lot of times coaching, huh, Chuck? <laughs> yeah, that's part of coaching. <laughs> yeah. You know, the disappointment and the... The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Exactly, right. You know. uh-huh. But, you know, you try and learn from, from uh, any mistake you may have made or, you know, kind of relive the situation, maybe a little bit more patient. Right. And, and that's one thing that, as the sun came up, and, you know... Brandon kept just saying, you know, dude, I just feel like crap right now. And none of us here have has not felt that. Sure. We've you all know. been there. Yeah, yeah we've, we've all been, all been there. Us. Multiple times. Right. And trying to share that with him and uh, make sure that, you know, he understood and learned from it. Because, again, y'all, um, sometimes had he been a little bit more patient and he couldn't see it until the sunlight came up but there were a lot of sticks limbs. yeah limbs in the way for the window that he picked had he waited two more seconds um he said but he said well but i couldn't i would have had to have moved out and there we go you know he said i would have had to have shifted out in order to shoot that well that's what you do you know, you don't take a marginal shot. He didn't think he was because he couldn't see the sure, lips. Sure, so sure. we know that. But had that bull came to where it was absolutely clear wow. and him stepping out, drawn in, he's at full draw, step out to take that shot and give himself the best opportunity to make a good, clean kill, it might have been a different story. Sure. Now, that's hindsight. Yeah. When you're in the heat of the moment, <laughs> you know, um, and that's part of his learning. You had... The same thing happened with your bull, where that bull stared at us for four minutes, gave you quartering two shots several times, but you didn't take those because of your experience factor. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, I, 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 there's part of me that wanted to draw several times, and and I, I'm like, look, I'm, I know this bull's got to turn right or left to get out of here, and I'm pretty sharp enough that if he, if he turns, I know Joe's going to try to stop him or I will. I had my diaphragm call in my mouth. Right. And, uh, we were going to see what happens then. We had him inside that 30 yard zone, which I tell you guys, that's, that's the closest I've ever shot at a bull. And I'm telling you, it was as hard as heck because I had just a, a small frame to get him in after he took that step forward. Chad was looking right down the end of my shaft and he was like, man, that was a heck of a window that you sent it through. But yeah. I, guys, in my preparation, I shoot in windows, right? Right. right. I, so I, 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 I want you guys to, when y'all are practicing, make you practice tough. Right. You know, make you practice hard. Shoot from your knees. Shoot with some things that are in your way, right? Shoot over some optical. Shoot obstacles. down, shoot up. Shoot down, shoot up. I knew also that bull was downhill, and when he ranged him at 35, I knew that I could shoot him for 30 because of, you know, how the trajectory goes, right? right. And when I did, I touched it off. I thought I thought the, the, the shot was just a touch high, and it wasn't. It was right in the center, right where you want it, and, you know, the rest is history. But yeah. it takes time it takes times, guys, and it and it's nothing. I think 
can give you to you better than experience. Right. Right. And and unfortunately, as bow hunting goes, many of you out there know you're going to have a little bit of heartache with some of your with some of your success. You and know, that's how we get better. Manano and I talked about that quite a bit, and uh, you know, sometimes the best shot is what Manano? Not not taking the shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. On the second best. Yeah. Yeah, sure. a full miss. A full miss, right? Yeah. You know, and it's so funny because none of us like to miss. We feel bad we miss, but you know, uh, that is the best deal, man. If it is yeah. there, uh, because again, you know, in talking with him, uh, in talking with you, Luis, we've had this conversation before that when we do as bow hunters. Once we do decide to take the shot, right, and we draw back, there are three things that are going to happen. One of three things are going to happen. Either you're going to hit and kill that animal. And find it. <laughs> or, or you're going to miss. Miss. Or you're going to wound that wound animal. One of those. So we work our butt off to make sure that we hit and kill that animal by the decisions and the choices we make in the quickest, most humane po- way as possible. Until that in, until that wound, we had taken four animals. All of them died within sight under one minute. Yeah. So, I, I'm telling you, Gilbert, your bull was dead in 15 to 20 seconds. Yes, sir. That, I mean, he went down in 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that, mm-hmm. you know, because time, the way it goes, man, 10 seconds is actually a long time. When you think about it, a world-class sprinter can go 100 meters in 10 seconds. That's right. That bull of yours did not go 15 yards right. before it went down. Right. You know, your bull went 30 yards. My bull went 30 yards. If You know, uh, Manano's bull probably went 30 yards. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just uh, when that's you can watch them When you can watch them fall, Joe, that's... It's incredible. That's how there's no leave. other. There's you know. yeah. It's it, uh, Manano says it best. It's a relief. I mean, you know, nobody. Those animals are so tough. Got they're so athletic. They can cover ground so fast. But I'm telling you guys, if y'all haven't watched our shot placement podcast, y'all go back and view it on YouTube because we actually Joe actually breaks it down in a very in depth uh, scenario where it. It actually shows the anatomy of the elk and where we have had our best success in placing killing shots. And I'm telling you, this week was epic. And y'all will see it in some videos Total as well. Proof. Total yeah. proof. And, and the thing is, when, when you don't see that animal fall down, you, the anxiety there it goes that comes, again. And yeah, the roller the coaster of emotions that is brutal on you <laughs> sure. as a hunter. Right. You know, because now you're on a waiting game. Sure. Now you're tracking. Now you don't want to jump the animal and all these things that go through your mind. You start second guessing your shots. You start kind of re- replaying that, that video in your head over and over. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's brutal. It's, you could ask Joe, man. I wanted to back out for two yeah. hours. And he's yeah. like, we're going to change the laws of Beto, Beto, son. <laughs> that bull is down and dead right there i'm like man i don't want you to go down there and get him up you know he might have just laid down he might have one lung and deflated or anything and and we couldn't find the arrow either so that was you know that was something else so i you know at the end of the day when you can see him go down inside i i I agree 100 percent with Luis. it's such a relief but but again even if you if that animal does run off 
and you have paid attention to your angles and you put that shot in there. Yeah, now it's your due diligence and you have to understand by when you find your arrow or when you find the blood, knowing what kind of blood it was. Was it a liver hit? Was it a gut shot? What Was it a lung hit? And you can, if you guys learn all of those things and learn to properly weight, like Gilbert has always said, you know, if you do something and it's, it's liver blood because you shot bat in a bad, bad angle, man, you're going to wait four hours before you go in on yeah, that animal. At least. You know, yeah. at least four hours. Yeah. You know, and you... Now there's always extenuating circumstances like this right here. Yeah, right. You have a rainstorm coming in. Now you have tough decisions to make. Mm-hmm. You have tough decisions to make. But if you have a rainstorm coming in like this to wash away all your blood and sign, you got to follow. And you got to be ready. You got to be stealthy and you got to be ready to put another arrow on that animal if you can spot them ahead of time. Exactly. So there's always variables, y'all, and and that's the thing. You can make the best shot. You can have the best-looking shot. Mm. But there are so many variables that can happen in this. And and we talk about bow hunting, hunting in general, being uh, a, a, a micro of life, yeah. you know, a micro example of life. And you have all these variables that you have to deal with all the time. And you don't get to control everything. So... I, I really felt for Brendan on that, and you know we, we all did. We, we sat did. under a tree for a long time, and you know I went and spent time trying to figure if we were going to be able to recover that animal. And, sure. And uh, the way that animal was hit, you know, it's going to be days. Yeah. And uh, and which which is hard. Yeah. Um, now, Hopefully, I makes a, a full recovery, Joe. I, I'm Hopefully hoping he didn't hit nothing, but maybe between the brisket and the paunch, and you know he sliced him open, and maybe he he and, heals up. You know, and I I, I know uh, as as well as you guys know in the circle of life out here as well. If that bull does go down, you know nothing out here does go to waste. No, I mean, uh, uh, between the no, no the, the other animals and, and predators and the bears and that, stuff. That's and, one of the things I want our elk bros viewers to understand. It, you know, when we're bow hunting and stuff like that, some things are going to happen that are out of our control. We do everything we can to make sure of it. But like Joe said, none of God's creatures are going to go to waste out here. The coyotes are going to eat. The bobcats, the coyotes. Uh, the bears, the birds, uh, the, the birds, raccoons, the raccoons, yeah, everything. Everything's going to be fed uh, from that animal, and life, the circle of life, continues. Yes, know? it does. So, so that was tough, it and was. Uh, it, it took a day to get Brandon back, um, and, and not quit. You know, right? And, and Luis and I have had this conversation that really people that have that kind of feeling, honor for the hunt, for the animal. Those are the people we want in the woods. You don't learn anything from just quitting, you know. You have to feel that. You have to make yourself better from that. And you teach other people around you about that. Because you're, you, you... You, me. me, all of us have gone through that. We are the best people to have that conversation sure. with other people, you know. We've and been there, done that. Yeah. Wore the T-shirt. Yep, yep. 
bought, bought the shirt, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For real. Look, I mean, it's just part of it. You know, if you do this long enough, so you're going to have your experience, a little bit of bad luck, especially when you get started out. I've t I tell everybody, you know, we, we hunt in, in South Texas and, you know, we hunt pigs and lots of deers and, and this ain't deer hunting. This ain't pig hunting. Mm. It's totally different. You got animals screaming in your face and uh, I, everything you know about bow hunting can run out the crack of your rear end in about five <laughs> seconds. So that's putting it lightly. We ain't un unleashed today. So uh, at the end of the day. Uh, rated PG I, for now. Yeah, yeah. rated PG. Uh, so. but, but it's it's true. I mean, that pressure you can't put in your your practice either, you know. Right. So uh, other than going and shooting 3Ds, putting yeah. people around you, yeah. shoot with people that uh, screaming yeah, mad yeah. bugles at you while you Yeah, shooting, have, you know? have people talking yeah. to you and people harassing you and you know making yourself focused i mean there's there's it's never going to be exactly that moment um but you know that's it's kind of like what i try to tell people is if you when that animal comes in front of you are are imposing pressure on yourself to take the animal oh i gotta take oh that's a big animal oh man i gotta uh, i gotta make the shot i i, I don't want to miss you know all those thoughts there, going yeah. in your head rather than Hunting with, a, a yeah. hunting with confidence. Or, yeah. Good positions. Yeah. You're, you're just being competitive. You're shooting. You're hunting. Hunt to hunt. Right. You know, whether that animal is a spike, whether it's a ragnar, oh, whether yeah. it's a, a, yeah. a, a 360 bull. Right. It shouldn't matter. It, it You go through your focus. You hunt that animal for the passion of hunting. You you have that, that predator instinct in you. Mm -hmm. And you get focused. Get on that spot. Do what you're supposed to do. Pull back, find that location that we've showed everybody, make sure that you're there, and when you're there, you're, boom, you, you believe it, yeah. in yourself. Yeah. You believe in your capabilities, and you put a good, clean kill on that yeah. animal. You know? I didn't even know how big my bull was, Joe. No. Couldn't, you <laughs> had no clue, right? I, 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 I knew that, that he had called it in from over a half a mile. We were going to seal this deal up if he gave us an opportunity. I knew he had some nice, dark horns, but... I really didn't care. It didn't matter to me if he's a raghorn, spike, or whatever. He'd come up there to get in the set and make himself famous, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the day, we put a good shot on him, and when I walked up to him, Joe goes, oh, man, we got a problem. And I said, what's that, Joe? He goes, eh, you're going to be in trouble with your wife. I said, why? He said, because you're going to have to mount this bull. He's big. <laughs> and, he, and when I walked up, I'm like, oh, my Lord, look at that. Beautiful. You know, beautiful bull. Dark same thing. Yes, yeah, same thing with Luis. I mean, you walked up on him and went, oh, my gosh, I look at this. I was not you know? expecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for and, sure, man. And, you know, I think, um, I, I think for me, one of the greatest, some of the greatest memories I'm going to have that I'm taking away from this have nothing to do with the bull I killed. Yeah. It has to do with seeing each one of your reactions to your own kill. Oh, and, yeah. you know, to see Manano and Luis on each other's animal. Yeah. Um, and I got to share in that sure. uh, saying a prayer over that animal, showing sure. them that respect. And uh, you guys will see that in the video. Uh, it's going to be in that. And... Um, you know, there's a there's another video out there because Luis has passed this on to his daughter, who is, you know, Sophia is how old? Nine. She's nine years old, and this girl is uh, avid hunter. Uh, and I mean, she's a cold blood killer, For man. Sure. This girl, you know, I mean, <laughs> she 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 want, is. You don't want to give her a crossbow. You better get out of the way. And, and I mean, how um, 
how patient she is. How, you know, Luis and Sophia have been in their backyard in a blind practicing shooting out of that blind, preparing for making sure there are no failure points. And that girl is just so steady, man. I mean, she if is. you watch that, and you're an incredible coach. Rock solid. You know, uh, but the video of her over top of the animal saying that prayer, yeah. oh, my God. Heartwarming. Oh, if it brings tears to your eyes, sure, man. It really sure. does. And uh, um, And to see you setting that example and you guys, how you felt about that. Just your reactions are uh, that that so honors everything that we do. And I'm so proud of you guys and to be associated with you um, and and having that happen. So uh, the feeling is mutual. Yeah, it's always an honor to be able to spend time with you in the woods and watch you in action. Being able to hunt that first day. It was the first time I ever got to hunt opening day with. I mean, with the OGs, right, with the original crew, <laughs> and uh, to be able to be with you guys, and, and uh, you know, I th- can't thank you enough to be able to oh, share yeah. in your kill with you. Uh, I, I got to actually be part of that, do a little cow calling myself to get them rascals settled down, because they've already seen our pack headed mm-hmm. through the woods, and uh, we got them settled down. Joe did what he did, called them in, used our predator decoy. Uh, yeah, ultimate worked, predator decoy. The de- ultimate predator decoy did r- great and this you, weekend. And- if if I, if you guys don't mind, I you know I've said it a few times, and I'll speak for both of us if you don't mind. But I think I hope you guys understand the level of admiration and respect we have for the three of you. Mm, and uh, and uh, you know it's it's a blessing to be here out every year. Uh, we feel extremely lucky and blessed to be part of <coughs> y'all's hunt and learn from you guys. Yeah. And uh, so we're ex- extremely thankful and and. It just it means the world to us uh, to yeah. come out here to camp and, and learn from you guys. You know, I think that's, that's what was, for for me not to have Chav yeah. there with me uh, on those days. You know, he chose to go out from camp, and and I know why. You know, Chav is trying to make sure he conserves and does his pace, and sure. and yet he wants to be out in the woods, and, 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 and he back. didn't want to hold anybody. Back. That's that's why Chav did yeah, that. You for know. Sure. And I totally get that. And and Luis is is such a a, a team person, and he thrives off people around him. I, I know he enjoyed hunting by himself, but I know it also killed him to not <laughs> he be, to be in the group. Yeah, to not be sharing the the laughter and sure. stuff like sure. that with with the group. And 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 that's it is what it is. And and that's so cool because that's the kind of person you are. Yep. Um, but there's you know, you know another element of cool that happened this weekend is. You know, when you hunt in public land, guys, you're going to run into people. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. this was just another level of cool for me. Uh, Joe and I are actually sitting down, and we hear some guys bugling and stuff like that. And, we, you know, we actually called them in. And uh, they they came in, and they were like, man, you guys were putting on a show. Cow calls going here, bugles <laughs> going over there. We had to come see what was up, right? Well, these are actual friends of Joe's. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know <laughs> it, but they came walking in on us. Joe was talking to one guy over here, and the other guy came walking in. And Manano and I were standing there, and he walked up to me, and he said, uh, hello, my name is Am- Amadeo Soto. Am- Amadeo Soto. And uh-huh. he said, I said, oh, Gilbert Ornelas. He goes, oh, yeah, I know you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, you're on the Elk Bros podcast. He said, man, I feel like I'm in Elk Camp every day with you guys. <laughs> <clears throat> That's why we do it. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, to, to see a guy like that and him come into your, your set, he could have been mad number right, one right. right but he was really cool about oh, yeah. it man and Super talked kind. about love the show and then 
His buddy Fidel came over. Yeah, Fidel Lamba. Yeah, yeah, Fidel Lamba. He came over and, you know, shook my hand, said, oh, man, we love y'all show. Y'all do such a great job. Uh, I mean, what's the what's the odds of running into somebody that actually <laughs> listened to Elk Bros podcast in the Elkwoods? In the in the, I mean, look, we were not in an area where it's real heavily populated, right? Right. So, uh, you guys just understand that when you run into people, make friends. You know, uh, make friends, shake their hands, because yeah. uh, I'm telling you, it wasn't 15 minutes. Uh, this this weekend, we'd encounter somebody, and we'd be right back in the middle of elk, and yeah. you know, the elk yeah. didn't care they were there. Yeah. In, you know? in fact, we have a question. Uh, we're getting ready to go to our mailbox, and one <laughs> of those is going to come from. Amadeo, because oh, cool. he he was up there and he said, you know, man, he says we're going through the woods and and this situation was happening. He was like, after listening to the show, he's like, what would Joe do? Yeah. <laughs> WWJD, <laughs> what would Joe do? Oh, don't even say that, dude. <laughs> don't uh, even get there. We're gonna have a new segment. WWJD, what would Joe know, do in Elk Bros, baby? No, no, no. <laughs> Keep that honor where that honor belongs. <laughs> uh, so. That that was cool, and uh, so guys, um, last night it was incredible. We stood on a ridge, we watched the sunrise going down, and our last seconds of our hunt still work. We worked our butt off yesterday. I mean, we hunted, uh, we hunted from morning till dark. Um, ended up sleeping out in the woods. We had a tough time with the wind yesterday, and and you know that's all part of it. The elements and. And the weather and the things that happen with that. But uh, we stood on that ridge as that sunset was going down, listening to our last bugles and for 2019 for this group. It was it was something. And, and it was it was sad in, in a way. It, it was sad. Think so. of think of how many memories, unforgettable memories we have built and we've created together in the last five years. season. Yeah. Uh, in this, you know, seven days of hunt. Right. Um, things, fast, huh? things, yeah. things <laughs> that we'll never, never forget, right. you know, and stories that we'll be able to tell up until the end, last days of our lives. So, you know, I, I, and I'm going to ask you, Chad, what, what are the, the best things that you took out of this? What are some of your best memories? Well, it, um, well, of course, the company can't beat the company, <laughs> an amazing group of guys, um, but uh, just getting out there and listening to those bugles, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty amazing. And then having them come in, yeah. you know, uh, there were several times where uh, my line of vision compared to uh, Gilbert's is different. He could see the elk, I could see the horns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But just the excitement and the thrill of, of being out there, it's, it's just amazing. You know, it's something that... Um, you can't take for granted because you never know when it's going to end. So, yes, sir. You know, I really enjoyed it. We enjoyed so much having you here, Chad. Thanks for sucking it up and being an unbelievable trooper and role model for us. Yes, sir. And, and Gilbert, what was your memory, man? For me, it was going through the ups and downs, right, and keeping a positive mental attitude through the, the, yeah. the difficult <laughs> difficulty we had. Um, you know... Uh, I love this group, and then not you know Chav not being a hundred percent, watching him battle, mm-hmm. uh, that was huge for me. Mm-hmm. That g- gave me resolve to get up every morning, right, mm-hmm. and yeah. not stay in bed. Cause I mean, you know, we tagged out pretty quick, 
and I could have just <laughs> kicked it and went deer hunting with <laughs> with with Luis or whatever, right? But uh, we stayed at it and worked really hard to to get Brendan done, and you know we uh, I, I feel like it was a success, you know for sure. But uh, at the end, at the end of the day, for me, it was just being positive through all of the adversity, right. right? And I think that just comes from number one, you being a coach, and number number two, me being a coach. We worked through those adversities, and you know, we can only control the things that we can control, which are our attitude and our effort. And I thought that was stellar, no matter what happened this right. weekend. So yeah. I'm really proud of that, and I'm really proud of our guys that how they stuck together and helped one another through thick and thin no matter what time no matter how tired we were the whole nine yards so it's a yeah. huge team effort that's totally. what i'm proud of and you know i'd like to add that uh i i could see uh people uh metamorphosizing you know gilbert's gone leaner quicker <laughs> and his endurance is pretty amazing <clears throat> and he's become a real good caller expert caller i appreciate it and i know the next step is luis is, is getting there Yep. And he's probably already there, but right. doesn't have the self-confidence. And watching these two guys, gosh, <laughs> Energizer bunnies on. No doubt. Yeah. The best food in camp and also the best comedy. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, never a dull moment. But, yeah, yeah it's been amazing. Yeah. And getting to watch this guy call. I mean, yeah. you know, I watched him call bulls from literally half mile or more off. And uh, it, it's I sit there in just amazement. I learned so much sitting there listening to him. And he even made a comment the other day sitting on the log. He goes, dang, bro, you really do listen a lot. He goes, that sounds exactly like what I would do, you know, or, or <laughs> how I would sound. So right. it's a, it's been really cool, man. But yeah, doing, doing a, this. A lot of times I have to take my my headgear off to listen to see, is that yours at the, the elk? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's that yeah. call coming from? For sure. You know, yeah. so, you know, it's. Just amazing. Yep. Uh, I appreciate that, y'all. Man, I mean, yeah. it. I, it's funny. I don't think about it. I just, I love to talk to the animals. It's always been, I, I learned so much from them. And uh, I, I take a lot of pride. I'm very competitive. And, you know, it's, I, if I could tell people, it's not just about calling elk. It's about their behavior, their learning, their conversation. And, you know, uh, to me, you look you can do this damn basic you really can so you don't have to call the way i call there's things that you can do but when you go to learn the rest of that because it's something that you love it's just i don't know it just broadens everything it just uh that interaction yep. you know beating them at their own game for sure you know uh becoming part of the herd yeah, uh, you know, getting in the middle of them, not getting busted. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, we did that yesterday. We walked through a herd of elk, and they never knew we were there. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was amazing. We used the wind, and and walked through right right through the middle of them. Luis, memories. Yeah. Well, I keep a log, and you guys know this. Yeah, right? yeah. We I don't want the whole log. No, Luis, I, right? I keep a, I keep a daily <laughs> log because every day out here is so important to me that I want to always remember it. Right. Yeah. So for since I've been coming here for the last four years, I've I've every day I keep a little diary. I try to write it when I get into my tent and right. try to. Sometimes I fall asleep writing it. You know, but, uh, <laughs> we're so tired, right? Yeah. No, but if I if I were to go to just the highlights, you know, obviously that that bull in the clear cut that you called in in Monano was right there, right next to me. You know? Right. Um, 
I wish I wish Beto would have been there with yeah. me too because he's been he's been with me in the whole journey, right? Mm -hmm. From my very first season um, with a rifle and then the following four seasons with bow, he's the only one that has been me with me the whole time, right? right. So uh, he was in my memory and my heart yeah. during the Appreciate whole time that, for brother. sure. And uh, so that was super memorable for me. Uh, completely, it was just such a such an achievement and, and 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 it means so much to me that i don't think that i'll ever forget that oh, right? and, and so um that's one and the other thing is obviously being able to call in that bull for monano and for brendan <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah. that was just i you know it's such a accomplishment yeah i mean you feel so good like at that point you don't care if you don't take a shoot or anything but if right. your buddies take a shot at it and you were able to bring that bull in sure. be part of that team um the other thing is um packing that that deer that that elk out <laughs> yeah um and watching the entire team interact and help each other out with a smile joking at each other watching my nano fall asleep on a pile of rocks <laughs> for right real? next right next he fell to asleep dead elk. right next to my dead elk <laughs> was so tired he fell asleep on the rocks right next to my dead elk and i've then, never seen it in my and life and then he would get up and give out instructions and fall yeah. right back out and start snoring <laughs> and then but when it was time to get up and get, you know get a hindquarter on your back and so walking down that mountain with that thing on the back yeah. that's what he did you know he and did. after spending all day here at camp deboning those those elk and half of my elk too right. so right. i mean it, it just that that partnership that friendship that loyalty that that support that we give to each other out here it's just uh, equal to none well, i can tell you i don't think i've ever seen two people uh work harder than you two no doubt and 100 percent. Uh, yeah and you know uh I always talk about people that you want to ride the river with, and mm -hmm. uh, I, you guys are top of the list. Thank you. Every Thank day. you. Every you really day. Are. Yeah, you. you really are. Uh, Manano. Well, uh, I think my my memory, it'll be two things. One of them is, he just said it. Uh, I mean, the Louis calling in a bull, for me, that means a lot. Right. Especially when you guys make fun of him, they got to call. Yeah. You take part in that too. I was. I was. <laughs> He's guilty as well. Yeah, yeah I'm no, guilty. Yeah, I'm yeah. guilty, but but uh, <laughs> it's it was months ago. Yeah, it was a, years ago. Right, all that thing sure, you know sure. happened, and, and him being able to call in a bull, it's yes. it was huge. Right, I mean we can do it. That's right. That's I mean, right. That's right. we can do it. That's why he, he, he mentioned it, I don't know, a couple of hours ago, that that my brain made like a click. Right. If he can do it, I can do it. Sure. It's, if not well, like a well, challenge. Don't go that far. There we go. But it's not because of the challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, things can happen. That day, he yeah. wasn't there. Right, and and he was able to call in a bull sure. that was, that means that the world for me. I mean, guys, you don't need me anymore. You're ready. Well, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we need you. We need all of you. Yeah, yeah. We need you. Go there. And uh, and I really appreciate that, buddy. I I, I honestly do. And uh, the other thing is the same that the the that we have here the the friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The you know the 
what he's gonna do, trying to read his mind every time, what he did call like that and ask him so many, so many questions like a baby right. every, single, <laughs> every single moment. Right. Why did you do that? And, and, and do you think it's yeah. gonna, they're gonna come this way or that other way? And trying to, you know, to, to draw a map of sure. his knowledge. Yes. Because it's not a thing that I can put a, a USB right. pen drive and put it in my head and, you know, sure. learn all that and sure. pass through all that information. Uh, that's not a uh, that's not an easy right. uh, journey. I mean, Agreed. that's a that's the beauty of being yeah. around guys like you and, and you too, Beto. I mean, that's a it's an honor thank to you be so here. Much. Yes. And yeah. uh, I really thank you. Yep. Yeah, I, I think all that's mutual, man. So, guys, um, that's pretty <clears throat> much uh, 2019. Uh, already making plans for 2020. Absolutely, man. <laughs> and you know, 365 uh, and counting. <laughs> hope to have some surprises for you. Yes. Uh, next year, uh, we're going to try to do some things bigger and better. Uh, you know, uh, as Elk Bros as it's going. You know, we're we're real excited about that. Well, I think we're already got some surprises in in the planning for you guys. So yeah. uh, look for those to happen here in the in the future. So. Um, before we head out of here, we got some question to answer from our mailbox. And Luis, you're going to help us out with that? Absolutely. The first one is for Jordan Schroeder. Jordan Schroeder. Yeah, he's uh, you're talking, you know, he's asking a question about us talking, not shooting mechanicals, and what kind of fit, fixed blades we, we recommend. Well, you guys all killed elk. This That's going to be an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. and and Gilbert, I mean, I think nobody best than you. You, you. When we started in bow hunting, that's the first thing you, you yeah, shy you know, us away from the mechanicals. You know, guys, when you come up here hunting these elk, they're such big, uh, hard-boned critters. Their ribs are thick. Their their bone structure is really thick. Uh, if you guys are, you know, there are guys that kill elk with me with mechanical broadheads, and I'm not going to lie that 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 happens. But most of them shoot a real hammer for a bow. And what I mean by a real hammer for a bow, their KE, their kinetic energy is between 80 and 100 KE. And I mean, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong with a mechanical. If you tick something and the blades open up like Chab had, open up prematurely, you're not going to get penetration and i've seen a lot of mechanicals not get two holes you know joe right. always wants two holes in an animal uh we believe the cut on contact broadheads a better broadhead for us even and some of them don't fly as good uh with your setup so we shoot a real heavy arrow i shoot a hundred grain fixed broadhead it's made now by a company called blood sport it's called the blood sport wraith deep cut and it was originally designed by a guy named Terry Hartcraft out of Fredericksburg, Texas. And uh, the ferrule is fantastic. It's a <clears throat> cut-on-contact ferrule with replaceable blades that are sharpened on both sides. Um, so uh, it's it, it lines up real well with my setup. I shoot a bow. I shoot a Matthews Helium. And, uh, it, you know, I shoot a real heavy arrow, uh, a, a full metal jacket. And uh, we get pass-throughs where we can't even find the arrow half the time because we don't know where it went or went into the dirt i mean um, well and the way as high as all the grass was it, it made it really, really hard yeah uh these guys all have took elk with them this year this guy here has been using a wasp broadhead for many many years and i used 
uh, punch cut broadhead, a, a muzzy trocar, and a muzzy four blade for a lot of years and had great success. And Joe uses a wasp, so yeah, I, you know, this cat's killed, I don't know, 37 <clears throat> bulls in 38 no, the, years. So. This one was 34, right? 34, my 34th bull, this so year, 34 so. bulls, you know, and uh, all of them been stung them, by the wasp, man. all have been stung by the wasp, and, so you can't mess with, success. you know, and but what I tell people out there is, is and um jordan correct yes uh, was this jordan what I, what I tell you is man is um you find a cut on contact either chisel tip or what the guys were talking about i've seen guys shoot montec the some of the new montec uh it's a nice looking blade but you know find and experiment the broadhead that flies the best with your yes. setup um you know i believe in wasp I, I, and i'm i'm the type of person that when i find something that works for me mm -hmm. um i stick with it me i mean too. you can tell that because of the number of years i've been hunting with these guys here yeah. um uh, the number of years i've been hunting with this guy over here to my right our 38th season together um you know uh <laughs> when i find something that works i stick with it and that that broad head flies just like my field points yeah. um it's never failed me yeah uh, it's it's always been uh, a, a great broadhead, but uh, find the one that works for you, and then stick with it. If you're not shooting a bow that's mm -hmm. has got a, a, as much a ke, it's even more important to ch choose a cut, cut on contact mm -hmm. broadhead. Right? Right, right. Stay away from the mechanicals. Oh, definitely. Because you can't get that energy back once it's expended De in the animal. Definitely. So whether you, whether you shoot a punch cut or whether you shoot a, uh, uh, a cut on contact. It is the same, like you said, cutting on contact, but with lower pounded shooters and, and smaller draw lengths, right. it's more important that you shoot a real and sharp cut on contact. I will tell you, it. too, Jordan, I shoot a 125 grain. Yeah. I, I mm -hmm. like the weight forward, yeah. and I've, I've always done that. Um, uh, so... You know, when all of this stuff has gone around and around, you know, now we have FOC and sure. it used to be everybody was shooting light and fast. I mean, it, you know, archery has done a lot of revolutions, but, you know, again, I think my bow is about 15 years old, probably. Yeah. Uh, no need to replace it. It kills animals. So right. um, I, I believe in that. So, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, it, it, because a lot of people, well, you know, the... Even the deep cut is not such a wide cut for the for yep. the blood sport rage. Sure. It's not very wide, and and you know you can't see a lot of blood. Look, at that point you're just kind of trying to compensate for shot placement. Right. So if yeah, that's yeah. really if if everything's that's, about at the shot end placement. of the day, it's all about shot placement. <laughs> really, exactly no matter right. which that's which broadhead. You absolutely take. great point yeah. right yeah. there, man. So our our next question. Yeah, the next question is uh, Jerry Hansen, Mr. Jerry Hansen from Wisconsin. He said he uh, hunted last year in Colorado, 30 to 40 miles from uh, from a fire. And, and that uh, was a huge fire, by uh, the way, too. Yeah, so he's saying the smoke didn't seem to bother the elk. And uh, how did the elk respond to the forest fire, and what, at what point did, uh, did they change their habits because of the fire? You know, um, he, these guys, I, uh, last year, they killed elk with all that smoke in the woods, and it really surprised them that the animals were like that. And I can tell you, I, I think that, uh, man, that smoke actually probably helps you because to me it's got to almost mitigate a little bit of their nose because it's sensitive Woo! 
See, told you, y'all, we're out here in the woods. It's getting ready to happen. Uh, but uh, I think with, you know, how many particles per thousand that they get, I imagine that that smoke almost kind yeah, of imp covers impairs them covers. a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't change their habits, man. They're going to still go to food. Uh, I mean, I've seen them in forest fires when they're close to it. Yeah. Be in that area of the fire that just happened sure. like a matter of weeks. And, and if there's smoke in the air, there's really, for a lot of these animals, no place for them to go, y'all. I mean, yep. You know, uh, they can't go down through Colorado Springs or they can't go through Walsenburg. You know, uh, they don't really, unless there's a fire, they're going to pretty much stay in an area and deal with it. So I have to step up for Brendan now. So that means that if the smoke is okay, <laughs> we can actually make a fire, uh, a campfire at camp with a lot of smoke, huh, uh, that's, Joe? Uh, well, that's well, again, again, my whole thing is I want to smell like nothing. I don't, I don't want to smell like a ham going through the woods. And, and like I told Brendan, we might not have a fire. But we got four bulls over there. Yeah. <laughs> hard to mess with success. Yeah, hard to mess with success. Yeah, we, so. we, le uh, we let the the cooking, the picanhas for the very last day with oh, fire. Was yeah. amazing uh, last precisely night to avoid smelling like smoke. Right, right, right. yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of things for that. And if you keep the wind, it really doesn't matter what you smell like. But again, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, when I talk about scent, I still think there's a degree of uh, of odor that we put out that um, the stronger it is, the more um, local it seems to the elk. So, sure. uh, so listen to the other podcasts on scent, and you'll get that. Exactly. All right? And our last question it comes from Mr. Amadeus Soto. Amadeus Soto uh, from Springer, New, New Mexico. Mexico. Yes, we we right. met Amadeo up in the woods. He, uh, <laughs> he did, man. Yeah, and he got to. He was stoked. Yeah. He was stoked to meet us and talk to us and stuff like that. So, big shout out to Amadeo. I don't know why cool he was, he was stoked to talk to you. He knows me, dude. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, it's just daggum Joe, man. That's what he he's said. Like, uh, that's what he said, Manano, huh? I know you, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. I know. You, Gilbert, I know you. you know, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's kind of funny. But but he did have a question. He yeah, goes, I got he, a question for you. He goes, hey, what strategies do you guys use early season when elk are not talking? Yeah, and and gave them that strategy, and yes. and remember, just because elk are not talking doesn't mean that the elk aren't there. Right. Um, you got to look for your sign. You got to be in those areas where you're seeing the track, where you're smelling them, and and one of the things that I told them, one of my favorite techniques to do is, especially when the bulls are bachelored up, is I like to move slowly. I use cow calls that actually are a little, you know lost well no chirps, i'm, I'm using like i'm using those regular mews like right. a bull would use sure, even yeah, sure. so that you know you have one or two things happen either a bull is coming in because they think it's a cow or they think it's another bull and what we do is we move slowly and we look for those animals sneaking in on us and listen for them one of the days that i was hunting in the lower area and joe <clears throat> um i i heard very low cow calls mm -hmm. low tone or high tone but low volume cow calls and uh that's i started kind of walking in that direction and then i started hearing hearing the antlers and i think the bulls and they were all bachelor bulls too so to your it wasn't point wasn't a single cow there, wasn't there but you single, thought you were hearing cow calls they, yes sir and they were actually cow calling but they were bulls right yeah. and so, i saw about i saw two groups that were sparring against each other and then so four more guys at the bottom 
Um, and you have the footage, right? Yeah. So. And, and I call them bow calls. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> because right. they're bull cow calls or bull mews. Right. You know, and, and people don't understand because even the other night somebody had mm. said, well, but they can, because a bull and a cow can do the same Vocalization. vocalizations. Yeah. You know, a bull can do the same vocalizations as a cow and vice versa. And somebody said, except for a, a bugle. That's what that was yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> they you. can. The cows can bugle. Um, a lot of people sometimes will mistake the fact that they think it's a bull and it's a cow doing that bugle. Wow. And it's it's during a time of the year when they're having to be insistent. And, and yeah, it's it's real interesting. So uh, I that's the biggest technique that I use. And there's all the other things. You can use water. You know, if it's a dry year, Um, you can uh, still hunt in there. You know, Uh, you can smell them and then hunt into the scent, which we did for years, huh? A long time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before our skill set got up, especially early season, you you walk crosswind, catch the wind, and then start hunting into it Mm -hmm. and get into those elk. That's right. There's a lot of different techniques you can use, but I really like. And there's, uh, if you watch some of the things, and, and I'm going to tell you, go out there and, and check out uh, Chris Rowe. Check out um, uh, uh, Meta. Check out the Elk Nut, you know, uh, Paul. Paul is, and, and, and Chris have incredible things on slow play and, um, and what you can do as far as breeding sequences. Stuff that, that, I, that I've done for years that I never, you right. know, I, I called it putting on a show. They just get right. very technical, right? They exactly. really explain it with graphs and how the tones should go. And they break it down into different vocalizations. Oh, and really, really good content. You know, and, there, and they're sure. so passionate. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever listened to Paul... Uh, he is so passionate. He's so energetic. I, the dude's like, uh, I, I think he's he's like in, in his late sixties, uh-huh. uh, and just loves what he does. You know, right. so it's great. Well, guys, we're getting ready to get storm number two. We're going to head out of here. We're going to call the end of this. So go ahead and close it out for us, Gilbert. Well, it's been an amazing <clears throat> show, guys. What an awesome, epic week up here. To spend time with all of our our elk hunting brothers. And uh, from Joe, Chav, myself, and the Venezuelan Mafia, we ask all of our elk grinders out there, men, hug your wives, wives, kiss your husbands, hug your babies, keep your broad heads sharp and your powder dry, and we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Amen. (laughs) Through the Blackwater Bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.